0: Hey ladies and gentlemen, Coach Robbie here. On today's podcast, I'm going to be chatting with Coach Luke Cadwell from the ISI Artane Gym, and we're going to be talking about such topics as what you can do to make your training more productive That in the hour that you're in the gym. We're going to be talking about some diet trends and fads that we've seen and what our thoughts are on them, and also we're going to be talking about balance or nutritional balance, and myself and Luke actually go off in a bit of a debate, and we may differ on our perspective on that but at the end of the day it's nice to see two different points of views so guys sit down grab your notebook and hope you enjoy the show so today's episode is going to be more of a question and answer style team we have i think three or four questions there so luke's going to call them out and we'll both give our perspective on it and we'll go from there This might be a short one This might be a longer one we'll see
1: could be we'll see so a lot of people say would be wondering factors to consider when they're working out. Yeah. So a lot of people, especially if they have no clue what they're doing or they're just not really getting results in the gym, what do you think are the main factors and the main fundamentals you want in place to make a program work?
0: So first off, it'll be definitely be influenced whether they're training by themselves, if they're training with a training partner or they're training with a coach. But first thing, make your training fun. If you don't enjoy your training you're not going to freaking do it so I, I think luke Lehman said that in one of his courses you've got to be adaptable to your clients so for some people if they love squatting maybe do squats and squat variations in their workout but you have to enjoy it or for some employees your body weight or kinesthetics that's what it's called isn't it yeah. stuff body weight stuff maybe more fun or some people like cardio or hip, hip stuff so you, the use of air dimes and assault bikes and stuff like that but the first thing i do is Make sure you're actually enjoying your training and then you're more likely to do it more frequently. Next I'd add in, well, make sure you've got some structure to it. So and structure-wise, set out a plan. Of your seven days of the week, how many days do you intend to train? And of them days, I would probably suggest let's split it up into body parts. So a beginner split, if we're talking about training splits, Luke, I would traditionally do, let's say, quads which would be the front of the the, upper, the legs and back and i do that as day one and then day two I would do upper body anterior like shoulders and chest and hammies and maybe some core or you know smaller muscle groups there the fluffy muscles like the calves the biceps and triceps and i do that maybe two to four times a week but that's generally how I would do it but have you have you got a, a different perspective
1: yeah so I'd agree with you first the most important thing is enjoying it mm. I'd say the most efficient way, most of the time when people come in, they're trying to look better and get mm. healthier. So the most efficient way to look better is do smart bodybuilding style training and be really strict with your diet. Prob- they,
0: don't, they don't look like a bodybuilder though.
1: I know, they're not taking, never mind. <laughs> yeah, copious amounts yeah. of substances. Yeah. So they're not on the creatine yet. The problem is- That was a joke,
0: creatine's not an anabolic steroid for anyone that oh, went yeah. over their heads there. <laughs>
1: So the main thing is that is the most efficient way to change your body and make it look better. Yeah. problem is, I'd say 90% of people wouldn't enjoy training like that for 10 years straight. So they might enjoy it at first, but then they might lose interest. Mm. So you have to figure out types of training you enjoy first and then go with that. Yeah,
0: and then set goals. Yeah. So set short-term goals for your training. That Goals can be you want to lift a certain kilo on a barbell squat at a certain time or it might be you want to be a certain weight, or you want to fit into a certain jean size or dress size whatever you're into Luke either or
1: yeah because I've had people before they know they want to get in really good shape they're trying to train with weights six days a week and eat barely anything problem is they don't really enjoy doing weights they just know it gets them the results yeah but I've had so you just suffer sure yeah about about three or four people in the last year that were training like mad in the gym but then they found out that i found out that they didn't enjoy it as much as other people so all they did is they stopped they did about two or three days a week in the gym and then two or, they still wanted exercise so they did two or three days of bike row ski down in fairview yeah and that was enough to get them excited to come to the gym again and they just weren't as burnt out and they just enjoyed it more so they stuck to it better and they got better results So doing less of the most efficient thing to do to look better actually got them results because they could stick to it for longer.
0: Well, yeah, like, isn't it doing the minimum amount to get the maximum result as well, essentially? Yeah. So a lot of time when we see, I would probably say it's beginners most of the time, they want to do loads when they start off. So they come in and their diet is terrible. They've got a high stress job. They're not sleeping very well. They've got nutritional insufficiencies and they go, okay, I want to get started. I want to train six days a week. And... Like, I don't personally train six days a week. I train maybe four days a week. But when you've got a beginner like that, that's inflamed, that's stressed, that's not fit, maybe, I don't know about you, Luke, but I I suggest doing less training frequency until their nutrition's in check. And then once that's in check, then we increase the training volume.
1: Yeah, and like I was saying before, most of the time people come in to lose weight and tone up. And a lot of the times it's because they're just eating way too much and their diet is terrible. So if they just focus 100% on their nutrition and do a bit of training, they'll actually get the results they want
0: And then, you know, they might even start enjoying training, and that's where you bump up the frequency. Maybe you go to a modified strongman class. Maybe. Sunday 11 a.m., R10, oh, yeah. ISI. But, uh, yeah, stuff like that. Anything else to add, or we move on to the next question?
1: Um, consider with training. I'd say we move on to the next one. Go for it. So what, what would your thoughts be on just diet trends and people with kind of fad diets and just weird nutritional things like drinking pomegranate juice at 6 a.m. to boost your metabolism?
0: Okay, so I'm sure you're the same. You've seen all sorts of clients come to you on certain diet, carnivore diet, vegetarian, paleo, Atkins, am I missing any there? 5-2, all this sort of yeah, stuff. All of them. So all diets have, are based on either calorie control, macro control, or meal frequency, essentially. Or or elimination of a certain food group. So when we look at them diets, we need to figure out the pros of the diet and the cons of the diet. So like, recently there's been a documentary that came out with uh, the game changers. And like when we look at game changers or vegetarian, let's look at that food group. Well essentially we're eliminating a certain food, we're not changing the meal frequency when possibly depending on the vegetarian diet it'll influence the macronutrient ratios but we're eliminating animal proteins now the whole debate is if we eliminate animal proteins is there a pros of that and is there cons that well let's look at the pros of eating vegetables or vegetation it's definitely beneficial you've got micronutrients in it they're satiating they make you feel full you can eat lots of them and they're not very calorific it actually You use calories to break down and take energy from fiber. It's debatable whether or not fiber is an essential nutrient or not, but it's definitely associated with longevity and health for sure. Now, we look at the cons of eliminating high quality proteins. We're essentially, or we are potentially, lowering our our iron stores, our hemoglobin, which is our oxygen carrying capacity, our B vitamins, B12, folate, stuff like that. So, these factors need to be considered. Am I saying that? vegetarian diets are the worst diet ever no am i saying the best diet ever no like i don't see any issue with maybe consuming meat a couple of times a week you know and having a primarily plant-based diet but i do see an issue with eliminating meat consumption entirely but i'd love to hear your perspective on that one and then we can kind of move on to other diet trends or
1: yeah so say sticking with like say vegan or vegetarian diets what's your perspective just with vegan diets Any diet that works for weight loss controls the calories in some way. So one easy way- for
0: weight loss, any diet's gonna work. Yeah.
1: So one way to make somebody reduce their calories without saying count your calories and make sure you're eating an exact amount is you just pick a random food group and they just get rid of it. So with animal products, the amount of calories that, like the majority of people just eat meat and eat uh, dairy and eggs all the time, even without consciously trying to do it.
0: But a lot of time as well when I've, I see people that go on a vegan or vegetarian diets. They do it for health reasons or ethical reasons. Yeah. So not even to lose weight. That. But what do you think of that? Do you think there's any detriment or benefit to being on a vegetarian diet or vegan diet for health?
1: Uh, yes. So definitely. Or do you want to go into this down this rabbit hole today? Yeah. No. So like a lot of studies that show benefits of vegan diets and vegetarian diets. They're not bad studies. They do show that there is health benefits to it, and a lot of people lose weight, and most of the time when you lose weight, you get healthier as well. But all the benefits that they're getting from it is because they're going from whatever terrible diet they're on in the first place, eating takeaways all the time. Standard Irish diet. Yeah, from the old (laughs) old standard Irish diet of just shite food all the time, and then they're instantly cleaning that up. So if you're on a vegan diet, you can't eat pizza, you can't eat burgers, you can't eat and chips because it might be ate
0: fried. Them before. Yeah, probably he probably or he or she probably ate terribly before, and is a bit more health conscious. They're eating much more vegetables. They're going to feel better. And it's got, there's going to be that transition phase where they're they've changed their diet. Their microbiome is changing. Their metabolism is shifting. They're probably in a ca- calorie deficit, so they lose weight and feel a bit better. Yeah. But what I would say to that is, two, four, six weeks is only short term. You need to figure out how you're feeling six months, twelve months down the line.
1: Yeah. And same with, like, with people trying to follow zero-carb diets. Like There is some people in the world that can follow less than 30 grams of carbs a day, but the majority of people eventually have to get back to eating carbs, yep. just like with animal products. Anyone can go vegan for a week or even a month if they're a bit mad, yep. but eventually it's gonna be a hindrance on their social life, on their health, because they're always gonna be low in certain vitamins and minerals, and gotcha. it's, just, it's too much of an awkward way to eat. So you're always better off. I'm a big fan of just balance and not going too extreme with super high carb, super low carb, super meaty diet, super yeah. no meaty diet. Like my diet now personally would be, you could call it a plant-based diet because the majority of the volume that I eat it's vegetation. is vegetation. It's like fruits, vegetables, beans, legumes. But then on top of that, I'd have meat and eggs, dairy, just so I can stay healthy and have a more balance. Yeah.
0: And what I'd say as well is if I have any clients that are vegetarians or even just vegetable-based diets, a lot of them say, "Well, I feel pretty good or, or whatnot." And I'd always ask them, "Well, have you got any testing done to see what's going on under the hood?" Because if me and you go out to buy a car and we look at it on the outside, oh it looks good on the outside, but we yeah. haven't had a mechanic look at the engine. We don't know what's going on under the hood. Yeah, we really don't know what's going on. So I would, and I, I recommend for anyone. Any clients of mine to you know get a blood test, and we call it like get a nice NCT, see what's going on under the hood. Get the, the vitamin and mineral levels checked, like your magnesium, like your B twelve, like your folate, your sex hormones, all all that sort of stuff, because they're the sort of things that diet has a huge impact over. And the older you are, the more significant the diet is going to really affect all them things. So I would highly suggest you go off and check them things as well, and ask your GP or your healthcare practitioner to look after them things for you. Any closing points before we go on to the next question?
1: I'd say just a bit more balance. If anything, if you ever hear any nutrition advice that seems really extreme, it probably is. So just don't go near it and don't try it.
0: Well, I, I would be play the devil's advocate then. What the hell is
1: balance? Balance is just anything closer to homeostasis. So if you're going, you need well, what some the hell is
0: Whoa, 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 let's
1: slow <laughs> down, let's rewind. So you need certain amount of carbs, you need a certain amount of protein, a certain amount of fat. Nobody knows exactly how much of each, so don't just have none of any of them or the majority of your diet being one of them.
0: Okay, well, I would dispute that a little bit as well. Like, we talk, well, I would agree that no one really kind of agrees on what sort of macronutrient ratios we should be taking, but we look at some populations, and some people do really, really well on ketogenic diets, for instance. Some and people, you can, yeah. Yeah, and you, and you can, but not, not the whole population. Depending on the individual that's on front of you, so yeah, not to, I definitely would be making general recommendations. Say everyone should eat a balanced, quote unquote, diet. I think we you need to figure out a diet that suits you. So for some people out there, like carnivore diet seems very, very extreme. And carnivore diet is essentially just eating animal products, animal proteins, essentially, and fats and organ meats, eliminating fiber, eliminating carbs, fruits, stuff like that, and it seems very very strict, but for some of the population, they do really well with it. Yeah. But it depends, and is, is it gonna be forever, or is it gonna be for a certain period of time then you go back onto your, let's say, your paleo diet or whatever, your primal diet, or whatever diet you're doing. So I think it depends on the goals, age, and um, the health of the individual in front of you as well.
1: Yeah, so like I was saying, anyone can, some people can do like very strict diets and it's fine, but the majority of people can't do that. So the problem with these extreme diets is a lot of people who should be on a more balanced diet or maybe should be a lot higher carb yeah. will get a lot of advice from these low-carb experts or carnivore experts, try to do it, and then just fail miserably, and they think there's something wrong with them. Yeah. Where it's just that diet will just never work for them.
0: And it's, it's interesting as well because we had, well, I had Adam on, and on his episode he talked about the importance and the significance of evaluating blood sugar. And when we think about blood sugar, like I, I would say that majority of the population aren't very carbohydrate tolerant. But what would you say about that? Because I, I think we may disagree on this a little bit, but I don't think we should be given broad recommendations about carbs. I think we should be that would be the macronutrient that we should probably manipulate the most for the client in front of us because I don't know about you, but the majority of people I see are not eating too much fats. They're eating a lot of carbs, and they're not hitting enough protein at all. They're not hitting their protein targets. And we think about protein, uh, the Greek word for protein is proteose. That means first importance. So you really need to prioritize how much protein you're hitting each day. We're not going to talk about grams and all that today's episode, but, yeah, we need to look at significance of that.
1: Yeah. So like you said, not going to talk about grams of each macronutrient, but the way if I was working with somebody who, for some reason, did want to work out their macronutrients, most people don't, But if they do, I'd usually set protein first, then set fat, and then the remainder of their calories that should be consuming will come from carbs. So for some people, that turns out to be a lot of carbs. Some people, not that much at all. But protein is the most important because it does the most amount of jobs compared to the other two. Fat does the second most amount of jobs. So then you put the fat in. And then carbs, still really important jobs, but just a lot less with carbs. So then you'd usually go last with them.
0: Gotcha. So let's move on to the next question.
1: So, I see a lot of people coming in either with injuries or currently set up to get injured because they have a bad back or their knees at them all the time. So, how would you recommend you structure a program to help minimise injury in the gym?
0: Yeah, so usually when people come in that have an injury, I'll always ask them, okay, what's where's the injury, and then how they they got the injury, what led up to that, and then I do kind of a, a quick. History check if you want to call that. So I'll go back through the history, what sports they played, was it physically, were they in a job or a lifestyle that was physically demanding on the body. And then I like like to evaluate the musculoskeletal structure of someone's body and go, okay, well, do they have any sort of muscular imbalances there? And if they do have any muscular imbalances, well, that probably led to the injury that occurred. And we probably need to fix them then. So we look at, let's use the example of knee, ACL or meniscus or LCL, which is I think is very, very common with clients I see that would come to me. They usually come to me because they either had surgery or are going to have surgery and want to strengthen up their their leg, their quad and their hamstrings. And a lot of times they're very quad dominant individuals. They run quite a bit. And when they're running, it's almost like, their knees are knocking together. Yeah. You can hear them going down the road, doom, doom, <laughs> doom. So that, that's an issue when your, your knees are going in together like that. You look at the, the knee, it's a hinge joint. So it, it pretty much flexes and extends. It's not like a ball and socket joint like our, our hip or our shoulder. So it's not meant to go in all them um, directions and positions. So we need to strengthen that. And I find a lot of times the hamstring is very, very weak. So people are running, which is very, very quad dominant, playing football or, or any of them sort of things or even going to classes where you're on a bike which quad 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 so strengthening up and fixing them imbalances that's where it's always nice to have a coach as well then evaluate them sort of things because i don't expect the average listener out there to be like the notice so yeah would you expand on that or would you take it in a different direction
1: yeah i'd say you look at the person that's in front of you a lot of the times if someone comes in and their back is sore you obviously figure out what happened to them and when it happened, and when the last time they felt actual pain in it, yeah, could be. And what makes it out.
0: worse? What makes it better?
1: Yeah, and so say you have someone coming in, and it's they hurt their back a year and a half ago. They went to the physio. It got a lot better, but it's still kind of tight now. And anytime they flex forward, it's such a common thing. They flex forward. They can feel it in their back. Mm. Their injury is probably fully healed, but because whatever they were doing while they were injured, they weren't as active. They definitely weren't training because their back was in bits. Yeah. Certain muscles have gotten weaker, certain muscles have tightened up. So you have to figure out what that is and then help sort it out.
0: Gotcha. Perfect. So I think we're done with questions, are we? Yeah. So Luke, for anyone out there, any, any listeners that are listening in right now, is there anywhere that they can contact you if they're looking for a consultation or anything like that?
1: Yeah. If they want to get in contact, they can go on to Instagram. It's just my name, Luke Cadwell, L U K E C A D W E L L.
0: And if you look at the picture, you're going to see Luke squatting with I think a lemon
1: face, is it? A <laughs> moon face. moon face. Yeah. Okay.
0: And you can check out the ISI website as well. He's on there. Also, do you want to talk about, a little bit about your Modified Strongman class that you host in Artane as well? What day do you host that?
1: Uh, that would be on a Sunday morning at 11 o'clock. Okay, so, so it's just general, very well-balanced, all-around cardio and strength training.
0: Okay. And is it for a certain population or can anyone come?
1: Anyone can come. It's more modified. So if you come on the day and your back is sore from work or whatever you're doing, you don't train with us. We can help modify each of the exercises to so you can train hard but not damage yourself.
0: And it, it's essentially called the MST, so modified strongman training, which is essentially strongman movements like maybe carrying a keg or pushing a sled or a tire flip or battle ropes, and put it into a conditioning style session. But personally speaking, I don't think it's for beginners. It, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. In, I wouldn't have anyone do it that's their very first session. It would probably be for someone that's a bit more intermediate and had a couple of sessions under the belt. What would you say about that?
1: That would be true. If you did want to do that style of training, we could do PT with that and do like an easier version, but yeah, yeah. more intermediate to advanced people would be doing that now.
0: Okay. Cheers, Luke.
1: Thanks, Rob. Thanks for Thank you.
0: so I hope you all enjoyed the podcast and if you did could you please head over to iTunes and give me a 5 star rating also if you can share it on social media I would greatly appreciate that and I'll see you on the next episode